0: Hello once again everybody and welcome to an all new episode. Of the Drug Friend Podcast, as always, we're your host. I'm Travis. That guy over there, that's Alex. Hey, Alex, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Yo, all that stuff. Yo, and all that stuff. Man, we finally made it to 2005.
1: <laughs> you sound real excited about that. What was going on in your life in 2005? Anything good? Actually, big deal. I transferred
0: from a very small college in the mountains to a really big university in the mountains. I went from a, a small school called UVA at Wise. So it was like a one of those satellite schools for the University of Virginia. And then I was like, you know what? This feels like the 13th grade. Uh, this doesn't really feel like a big <laughs> change from my high school. And so I was like, you know what? Maybe I should just go and go where I wanted to go really the whole time and go to Virginia Tech. So that's I transferred
1: did uh that uh, community college uh did that that smaller school have any sports teams associated with it by any chance did they have a mascot
0: yeah they i mean they were still the uh the cavaliers they were still like oh part of the- okay oh
1: so it 's like a satellite school yeah of yeah u v a yeah. okay gotcha yeah I, I i just read it as like a a uh, community college kind of a thing. Well, get the heck out of there and be, be a hokey man. Yeah, it was like cool. a D3 or a D4 school. It was
0: pretty small. Uh, but uh, Oh,
1: gotcha. Okay. Yeah,
0: Blacksburg, I mean, going to Virginia Tech was maybe a little intimidating right out of high school because I graduated with like 99 kids and I was going to just have like 99 kids in my classroom or more at Tech. So that I was like, is, hmm, I yeah. don't know if I want to...
1: I like the the path I chose. No, that's that's a very wise decision you made because uh, I had the exact same feelings. Although I'm not, I was coming from a different place. My, I just I, I had been dragged to so many college orientations f- that my brother did and my sister did uh, that I wanted nothing to do with college the rest of my life. <laughs> and lo and behold, I end up working for colleges like for over like what 12 years now 50 over 15 years now so that's kind of ironic i guess but um (laughs) i i'll never forget like i think somebody from the university of minnesota came to our high school to to talk to us about like enrolling it must have been a recruiter or something and i was just like hell no like, you you couldn't pay me to to go do that. Like, it is just absolutely not. Like, I can't imagine anybody wanting to do that. So, <laughs> I understand where you're coming from when you say, like, yeah, I don't want anything to do with a giant college. It's freaking intimidating, man. It's a lot of people.
0: It is. And I think another part of it, too, is, like, too many people from my high school were going that I didn't really care for. <laughs> and I was like, I want to do <laughs> something different. Yeah. But, you know, it worked out. I'm here now. That's good. If I can yeah, have not left since now. I got here, I've. Just Blacksburg through and through. So hey, and the Lady Hokies in the Final Four, bud. How cool is that?
1: Oh hell yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. They're it a is. one seed, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, so they've they've been good all year. They deserve to be there. They're yeah. not some like nine seed like in the men's bracket, which is just nuts cool. over there, man. What's going on? I, I mean, haven't
0: it, paid attention to the men since our women's have been doing so well. I have yeah, just yeah. kind of forgotten that men's existed. And then I looked and saw who was in the Final Four, and I was like, is this from like an like a video game? Like, is this real? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's uh, NCAA 2K, where it's like a, a simmed season after your star player tears his ACL. Yeah It's like one of those, and it, it, you get it, and it's like Florida Atlantic and San Diego State. It's like, all right, fine, whatever. Yeah, it's
0: like Just one of the teams is a created team. Like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> good job. Yeah. Um. But yeah, 2005, pretty good. I think pretty good for me. Big, uh, a big pin on my timeline for when things, you know, when I, I officially moved to the place I've been f- for the last 20 years, you know, that was, this was the year that it happened. Yeah.
1: That's pretty awesome. I was still basically in the same spot. I wasn't in, in 2004, which was like <laughs> just trying to get by being stuck in my twenties and not understanding, uh, I don't know, not understanding life, I guess, but, uh, yeah, good times. Good times. Um, <laughs> Oh yeah, and that reminds me, by the way, speaking of good times, for some reason I got reminded of um I, I was looking at something on eBay and I I accidentally clicked on my profile link and I realized my eBay account is old enough to drink. <laughs> so <laughs> what I what I did was I was like, I wonder how what the oldest email I have is from an eBay auction and if I have any like really low crazy prices. And sure enough, I created my Gmail account in 2005. Holy smokes. And and uh yeah, and the earliest uh email I could find was for a purchase of NHL 2002 for Game Boy Advance for $1. Oh my
0: and god.
1: I had to look that up uh how much it, I I'm in the middle of looking up how much that goes for now, but um Dang. Yeah, I ended up finding finding an email uh, showing off uh, Mega Man X three purchased in two thousand. What 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 year was that? Two thousand seven? Oh no, I'm sorry. October two thousand six. I got Mega Man X three for forty one dollars. Wow! And it goes for three thirty on eBay. Yes, now. it does.
0: Recent acquirement for myself. Dang, dude, that's that's awesome. I wish uh, yeah. I wish I could see some of that stuff because when I look at my eBay, it um, it doesn't give me any details for anything too far in the past, and I, I probably deleted all the emails.
1: Yeah, I, I I still have all of them for some reason, but yeah, it turns out NHL '92 goes for like thirty bucks or '92 2002 goes for thirty bucks now loose. Dang, got it for got it for a dollar. That's insane. So it's kind of cool, but uh, yeah, I thought it was kind of a trip to see some of those old. Emails again, where it's just like, wow, this really it, the it re, the landscape really was like this. Like this is proof positive. Like this wasn't like a, a any kind of dream or anything like that. Like prices really are this insane. They used to be awesome, like this, but yeah, it's
0: one of those things where even at the time, though, or at least for me, not in two thousand five because I wasn't collecting or anything then, but um, like in around two thousand ten when I started. I remember thinking a lot of the prices for things were dumb when they were like 15 bucks. I'm like, I'm not paying $15 for that. And now it's like it goes for like 80 bucks and I'm like, god, I'm fucking dumb. <laughs> I should have
1: I picked that up when it was <laughs> well, amazing that's, 15. That's the other part is that I felt like an idiot for for spending 41 bucks on Mega Man X3 because but I was like, well, I need to own all three cartridges. I fucking well, you love have, these you have games. To. Yeah, like I have to. So, I'm like, fine, I'll and that was like, a, you know, a week of groceries for me at that point. <laughs> so it's <laughs> like, okay. Like Mega Man X3, it's worth a week of food for me. So, sure. Why not?
0: Why not? Well, let's kick it off with some 2005. I'll You know what? I'm <laughs> going to page it
1: over to you. Now to Alex with sports. All right. Let's start with sports. We got, you know, I had to put this first. Yeah. The Chicago White Sox defeated the Houston Astros in the 2005 World Series. And uh, resident Shy Sox fan... Trav was elated, elated. Oh, I just I like when you said it just now. I got excited all over again, like it was being announced. <laughs> it was. Oh. I thought that was going to be a really good series, and I remember being really disappointed. And um, uh, because I thought the Astros were really good. They had um Roy Oswalt in those days, and uh, guys like with names like Morgan Ensberg in the yeah. playing third base. It's like, that's such a great baseball name. Yeah. But, uh, and was this
0: the farewell tour for your boy, uh, Craig Biggio? For
1: bags. Yeah, for, for Brown Paper Bagwell. Yeah, Bagwell. That yeah, that's right. That was it for him. Um, and I was, that made me sad. It was nice to see him get some at-bats. But um, I, I basically saw my favorite player hit a double in person at the Metrodome once they got interleague play rolling in the 90s. And then uh, I got to see him bat in the World Series, so I can't complain too much. He's my favorite player. I have like a thousand cards of him, so yeah, it's was, it was cool. Even though the White Sox won the World Series, it was still cool.
0: Yeah, dude, the the Sox, <laughs> what a year! So, like, as a White Sox fan, being uh, just real used to mediocrity. On a level that a lot of people just really wouldn't understand, uh, how just in the middle that team is usually, to just have a year where you're just like steamrolling, not really like in a big way with small ball, you're winning, like you'll win like eight games in a row, but they were
1: all two to one, so you're always kind of <laughs> nervous. But yeah, but it still felt. I'm good. trying to think of a col- I'm trying to think of a college football team to compare them <laughs> to. Like who's always mediocre? and like Wisconsin? Uh, not yeah. media. They're not mediocre, yeah. but like they're they're pretty good, but like they're a solid like eight and five every year, yeah, you know, like the past few years like one of those teams like I can't even think of who else like texas a and m maybe like almost like too good to not really be dunked on too much,
0: but never good enough right. to matter, so you're kind of just forgotten a lot of the time For,
1: yeah, kind of like Arkansas maybe or that feels like, about I'm trying right. to think of those. Yeah. Those those one of those schools, or like Virginia but, yeah. Tech
0: for like twenty five years. Yeah, <laughs> that seems. I just I have
1: a come on. You got, you guys were contenders. Yeah, for a minute.
0: Uh, but yeah, that was a uh, t- thousand five was a great year for for a White Sox fan. Obviously, we win the World Series. Uh, but it was also like there's something about baseball. You know, there's a lot of folks out there who are you. Know, you got your casual fans. You got your hardcore fans, and your fair weather fans, or whatever. And I've always kind of been. Like, my relationship with baseball is I get real excited for it, like, opening day for the first month, maybe the first month and a half. And usually by that point, I'm kind of trained to know that, well, my team's already kind of out of it. (laughs) And uh, I kind of, you know, baseball then becomes, like, less and less of a thing I think about until, like, you know, late August, September, when I'm like, who's contending again? What are we doing? (laughs) But 2005 was, like, the first year that, like, I watched almost every game my team played, which was very like not a not a thing for me prior then. And plus in 2005 I I have access to like internet and those sites that you you can just suddenly get sports from feeds from New Zealand and not even have to like pay for access. So <laughs> it was all a la carte for me. So I smoked the whole pack of the 2005 Chicago White Sox and to like follow a team that closely all season and they win the World Series, Is like really special. It wasn't just like I caught on midway through the year, like, are we good this year? Oh, we're first at the all-star break. I'm gonna start paying attention. Like, no, day one. I was like, just you know what, I'm gonna pay a little bit of attention
1: this year. Here we're supposed to be pretty good. And fucking we were. And that was awesome. So good memories. Yeah, you're like the prime example of like why it's fun to follow baseball, because you just never know. Like, this is gonna be the year, and is this gonna be the year? And it turns out it is. That's that's freaking Really cool, and it sticks with you.
0: Yeah, and I can still name like pretty much every player from every position on that team, and I have like the DVDs of the playoffs because my <laughs> wife got me those. I'm, I'm a power fan for it. specifically yeah. the 2005 Chicago White Sox.
1: Scott Posednik with the that uh, home Scooter. run in World Series. Yeah, yeah, yeah the one of the most inexplicable World Series home runs of all time. I think that he had like one all season. Yeah, it's just a slap hitter, slap hitting center fielder from the Milwaukee. Brew- when I think of that guy, I think of the Brewers. That's crazy. Yeah, and I, guess, I, I think of, it's like really he, like he hits a home run for the White Sox in the World Series. The yeah, hell man. is that? But yeah, that's they. They were a good team. They had the, one of the most impressive five man starting rotations I think I've ever seen because it was Sweaty Freddie Garcia. Always Jose, sweaty. He's sweaty
0: right now in his own house with the AC si- on.
1: Yeah, he's sitting in an igloo somewhere up north <laughs> and he's sweating. Uh <laughs> but uh Jose Contreras was awesome. Uh God, that guy had some filthy stuff. You know, his uh his slider was just ridiculous. Um they had El Duque for a little bit. Um from yeah, He Ang- was hurt
0: most of the year, but yeah.
1: Oh, right on. And they also had uh John Garland uh and who's oh mark burley of course mark burley yeah that guy drove me nuts as a twins fan like that guy was such a pain in the ass because he would he would make your your lineup look silly and he'd do it in so such an efficient fashion it's like let me let me enjoy watching my team please (laughs) like can you not didn't he pitch like
0: like two of the shortest baseball games ever like during the modern commercial Probably. era like yeah he, i mean yeah. that was I think his... he has like two like almost exactly two hour baseball games which is crazy that's
1: insane to think about and to the point that like the rest of baseball to this day is trying to catch up to mark burley because they're now there's now <laughs> yeah. there's a big uh pitch clock and stuff and now baseball's yeah. the fastest sport in america apparently but um yeah i don't even think the pitch clock would have had time to reset with mark Burley. <laughs> he would have been beating a yeah. pitch clock no kidding but yeah, so that's that's our baseball coverage. Our NHL coverage does not exist because the NHL was locked out that year. The season was cancelled. Which oh, is uh just really annoying, really, really bad. Such a bad look. Um, Texas, the Longhorns, Vince that's the infamous Vince Young game against that great game. USC wagon with uh with uh, what's his name, Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush, like all those guys, ugh, hated those teams. So I was real ha- I was actually real happy to see Texas beat USC just because I hated Pete Carroll so much.
0: Yeah, I think that was like toward the you know the, the USC. It kind of had a, like a little bit of a budding dynasty there. They'd almost turned ugh. into the Patriots, and so everybody yeah. was kind of pulling against them there. And and Vince Young was just fun to watch. I mean, so was Reggie Bush. Let's not be yeah. You know, let oh, crazy.
1: I, I've watched the last play of that game about a million times. Uh, it's probably the one of the best. If I had to pick like uh, a Mount Rushmore of like the best games I've ever watched in on TV live as they happen, that's going on there. Like that game was so freaking fun to watch, um, especially because yeah. you're you're desperately rooting for USC to lose, or at least I was. I, I'll never forget like Vince Young scoring that touchdown. Everybody's losing their minds, uh, and Vince Young just kind of stands there. And I'll never forget like thinking like why why isn't he celebrating it? My brother says, like, he's freaking gas, dude. Like, he is completely out of energy. (laughs) He has spent everything. He has no energy to celebrate. Like, he's done. And I was like, Oh shit, you're right. Like he is done. Like that's it's one of those games. Like, that's how good it Mm -hmm. was. It was fun to watch.
0: Absolutely, I remember uh, my mom, not really a big college football fan, would almost just watch it just to have something to talk to me about. And <laughs> good mom, I, I couldn't watch. Yeah, I know, right? She's great. Uh, I couldn't watch that game in real time though because it, I worked at Target and I had a shift that night. Ah, so a red vest and uh, yeah. And I didn't have you know smartphones back then. I think I had like a flip phone. I'm not getting scores on that some bitch. So uh, I was kind of putting off, putting it off. Like I'll go home and maybe you know catch a replay or something. Try to try to see what's going on. Really trying to like block myself from hearing about it but then my mom calls me and she's like hey did you watch the football game i was like no i was going to save it till late and she was like oh it was it was the cutest (laughs) football game i've ever seen texas won i was like oh dang (laughs) she spoiled it for you (laughs) she did she did but the fact that she called it the cutest game she'd ever seen like that killed me
1: that's a great memory um it was a good time that's pretty cool um I was going to ask so you brought up flip phones. And since we're talking 2005, I want to talk very briefly about flip phones. Did you have any like every flip phone owner in those days had at least a couple games on them? Did you what what were your games? What, like, what were your go to's if you were like standing in line and you, you were desperate to just kill some time? I, I would always like get hopeful about
0: games and like try to download them and play them, but never ended up liking any on my flip phone. The thing that I put the most time into on my flip phone easily was Snake. I played just regular ass old Nokia Snake
1: yeah. on my phone yeah. all the time. Yeah. I, I put a ton of time into that. I had like a bubble popping game that was that was like a clear generic ripoff of Bust a Move or Puzzle Bobble. And uh I, I play I probably I wish I could go back and look and see how many hours I put into that. And Tiger Woods O five, which was so incredibly limited and bad. It was it was like <laughs> Fuji Golf for Windows Three One. It was that's like like that's the kind of gameplay I'm talking here. It was bad. Like I can't even imagine that. I don't even know what that would look like. Uh it, it's like a game that's boy. It's crazy. Basically like a, a Game Boy game, but in color. But mm. with slightly better graphics, it wasn't great. But I, if I'm standing on the on the light rail in Minneapolis, and I'm I desperately need something to get my attention to, that's not just staring at random people <laughs> on the train. Right, right, right. I need I need some <laughs> distraction. So that was usually it. Oh man, do you still have any? Because I guess
0: most people like schluff off their old phones. They go in the trash or to some donation thing for old electronics. Yeah.
1: I don't think I do. Uh, I th- in fact, I think I still have Pearl's old Windows phone. Which now that you you mentioned that, I'm like, oh yeah, Windows had phones, but otherwise, no. <laughs> I found I one I of mine. The,
0: yeah, I found one of mine the other day, and I was like, it's it just flooded me with memories, like everything from wow that being, you know, like when you get a new car and then you know you go you you park somewhere and you walk out and you're like. You have to kind of get used to what your car looks like for a long time. And then after that, yeah. you're just like, that's my car all the time. Yeah. I had that like, that weird nostalgia flashback to that specific phone where I was like, Oh, I remember like often looking for you. <laughs> like you were like the <laughs> thing I was attached to for a long time. We meet interesting. again. Yeah. It was a really weird flashback. I hadn't thought that's about it weird for a long feeling. time. It had to be like 20 years ago. I don't know why it's why I even still have it. I don't even think it fucking works.
1: That's interesting,
0: but now it's a relic. Yeah, now I can put it in like a glass case and tell my daughter like, this was the way that we communicated in 2005.
1: <laughs> Ye olden days. Um, mm. Then in, let's see, Steelers beat the Seahawks, Super Bowl sucked. It was not all that interesting or exciting. Spurs beat... The, I have no memory of it. Yeah, it was pretty forgettable. Uh, Spurs beat the Nets, the NBA Finals. Eh. Um, and then I uh, there's one thing I forgot from 2004 that I wanted to make sure to mention. Just because... Brock Lesnar's career is completely insane. Like it makes no sense on paper. So he mm-hmm. he was a a champion college foot or college football, college wrestling champion or champion champion. He was a uh, he was a really great <laughs> uh, at the University of Minnesota great heavyweight uh wrestler. Then he goes to WWE and just con- basically conquers the whole thing within a year. Uh, cause he's so huge and athletic and just, just such such a specimen and he's so unique. Then he, in 2004, he decides to quit wrestling and try out for the Minnesota Vikings. And it's just kind of like surreal. Cause I was really into wrestling at that point. And suddenly one of my all time favorites is trying out for my football team, which is pretty weird. I, I remember that yeah, being really interesting because, uh, number one, he was number 69, which I thought was hilarious. Because he he probably just told somebody he didn't care what what number he wore, and somebody's like, "Oh, right, you got sixty nine, buddy." Yeah, he uh, he was he wasn't bad. He was he wasn't great. He wasn't like I mean they put him on in like the fourth quarter in preseason, but he wasn't that bad. Like he looked like he belonged that's pretty crazy he can just like come in from pro wrestling and just be like oh yeah i'm a football player now and then he freaking does it it's kind of insane
0: (laughs) yeah and that's like a thing that they always say like when you cross over sports like it'll it'll never work right people always fantasize about like what lebron could do if he ever like played soccer for the u.s men's team
1: tight end for the cleveland browns or whatever and
0: it's always like yeah it's not gonna work the way you think it does uh but in that example it's like dang i can't believe you pulled it off (laughs) that's
1: awesome (laughs) Yeah, I'll never. I I remember the visual of him of watching him play because his feet, his face was always like bright ass red. Oh yeah. Uh, Anytime they showed him after a play, and it's probably because the dude still had so much muscle mass from being a pro wrestler that he couldn't get enough oxygen into him or something. (laughs) I don't know, but he was just so freaking. It was such a trip to watch that. It was really kind of uniquely entertaining in a way that can't totally be repeated so i thought that was really interesting and brock lesnar uh, even
0: has a name that can kick other people's ass like it's just it's <laughs> destiny almost that a guy named brock yeah. lesnar would just turn into be like an actual human like super villain like physically
1: <laughs> yeah and his kids are all hockey players too ah. you know there's gonna be like a, a tank lesnar or something like that that's <laughs> in the Lesner. nhl just terrorizing people ah <laughs> oh, that's good tank lesnar i like it yeah uh, gaming is a big but 2005 is a pretty big year.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, the Xbox 360 releases, and uh, I'm ne- I've never been one to get new fancy things, but at this point in my life, I live with three other dudes whose mm. parents, uh, I guess, loved them and got them like all 360s, <laughs> and so I lived in a house with a bunch of big white, like the you know remember the the first ones, first editions were like white or whatever. Yeah, we had a couple red rings in the house. You know, you remember that big that was going around. Uh, Red how, Ring of Death.
1: How, how long did it take for those to pop up? Like not long uh, at all. Or
0: one was like pretty immediate, where they sent it back. Like oh. I think like the first week we had it, and another one I think you know within the first year at least. But after that, everything seemed good. <laughs> but everybody, had, it seemed like a lot of people had bad luck at the start. I remember the game that was played in our house the most, and we were. You know, we were a bunch of sports loving lads, but it was uh, f- uh, the fight night that came out. Uh, I, I guess it was around the time that the console released. And three of the guys that I lived with were in a boxing club at Virginia Tech, like kind of more of like a hobby thing, not really a competitive thing, just training. Mm-hmm. But they were all, they were all like living their dream playing that game, and uh, I got to watch. For the most part, I wasn't really interested in playing, but I got to see a ton of it, and it looked really cool. Like it had like the you know, dude, like the slow down, and the guys would get punched in the face, and like the blood and loogies would fly out, and everybody were all like, "Whoa, oh, shit!" Like it was kind of mind blowing at the time to see yeah. that
1: step up in hardware. Oh, for sure, the amount of detail. Yeah, uh, like you said, the loogie, the blood, the sweat, like <laughs> flying off that guy's face, and it's all everything's ugly and violent and. Stuff like that. It's like, wow, okay. All right. Here we are in 360 land. We also had uh, Splinter Cell Chaos Theory. Um, I think that came out eventually for other consoles and definitely Mm -hmm. for PC. But that was on Xbox. The original Xbox we're talking here first. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was, I remember that being a big deal because that was like, oh, I think that landed on Xbox first before anything else. Everybody loved, or at least people in my my circle of friends loved first-person shooters, especially if they were like military-themed of some kind. Right? Um, right. Yeah, because Call of Duty was just, Medal of Honor was still big. So yeah, that game was a big deal. F- the first Forza game landed on Xbox. Yes. And that's, that's still going strong. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorite racing games franchises for sure if if not my nah, burnout's my favorite but Forza's up there yep and then we got Geometry Wars Retro Evolved which makes me think of the Xbox Live Arcade and that actually came out in 2004 and we forgot to mention it I remember that that being like a big deal because it was like hey here's all this retro stuff you can just get and play like right now it's like, yeah. damn, that's, that's pretty freaking awesome.
0: It was pretty and And granted, I didn't get my own or have my own 360 for like five more years. I just lived vicariously through my dudes. Uh, but when I did get it, that was like where I played most of my games for a good chunk of the time I had that 360. Just because, yeah. I, I mean, that's where I discovered things like Super Meat Boy and sure. uh, Fez yeah. and just tons of great stuff.
1: That helped open open up a world to me uh in indie gaming that that was like kind of my first exposure to games like geometry wars Mm -hmm. and super meat boy and limbo and stuff like that um it was really exciting to see that stuff because it's like oh yeah people are still making very not everybody's like breaking down the door to come out with a new big mario 64 clone it was like oh people are still (laughs) making games like this this is awesome so it was always really exciting to see that
0: yeah, for sure. Then on the three sixty itself, uh, a few of the launch titles, you got Perfect Dark Zero. Uh I, I don't have there I guess there's been have there been Perfect Dark since Perfect Dark Zero?
1: I don't really? think so, if I had to guess. Um I probably because there's there's rare they're a rare franchise. Uh I'm gonna look right now, actually. Um no, this is the oh no, there was Perfect Dark three sixty. Oh that's right, yeah, which yeah. is kind of like the the remaster, but um yeah, there's supposed to be a reboot in some sort of condition, I guess i don't know there There was an announcement made back in twenty twenty that somebody's working on a reboot, but oh, nice since then,
0: well, maybe we'll see it i I do remember playing the again not at the not in the day, but playing perfect Dark Zero. I remember commenting about how shiny and like covered in vaseline everything looked. <laughs> everything was a super duper, yeah, uh, like I guess they they wanted to put a sheen on it to make it look like the lighting effects pop, but it just made everything look like it had a big coating yeah. of petroleum jelly,
1: yeah, everything looks like grandma's couch, it's just, <laughs> just like wrapped in, wrapped in still saran wrap, the,
0: yeah, still got
1: the couch cover on it, still yeah. got the plastic on it, yeah, I know what you mean uh three sixty was also the first place where quake four landed, I think i it was that in p c if I remember correctly, but hmm. uh. That was that I remember that I don't have any memory of playing Quake Four on 360, but I remember that being a big deal at the time. And then there uh, a launch title was Cameo Elements of Power, and I think that was somewhat popular, right? I think I'm so uh, unplugged when it comes to Xbox.
0: Yeah, I I don't know either. I I but I've seen that game like a thousand times in like bins, which makes me think one, launch title, and two, like, maybe kind of popular. But I never hear anybody talk about playing it. So I don't don't know if it's just one of those games that was everywhere and was just okay. Yep. But you know what? The PS2's still kicking. And kicking pretty hard, actually.
1: Yeah. In fact, the PS2 is entering that sweet spot for consoles. It's, like, year five of the Mm -hmm. PS2 or year six, somewhere in that range. And they're really starting to hit their groove with, like, some really good games. Uh, Yeah, Uh, I
0: liken that sweet spot to, like, when a new coach takes over a college program and finally (laughs) his recruits are now the entire team. Like, that's kind of what you get with these systems. Like, four or five years, like, now he's got all his players. You know, these are his players.
1: Right. (laughs) That's a good comparison, yeah. But you had Guitar Hero. This is when places like GameStop started filling up with all sorts of plastic peripherals that nobody wanted. Uh, So... (laughs) Guitar Hero is everywhere. Um, and I, it was I didn't kind of, catch on to that until like the third one. The third one. Like my, I think most people yeah. are like that. I didn't either. Yeah, yeah. The third one had the best songs in my opinion. I don't even know what songs are on the first one, to be honest with you. I couldn't name a single one. <laughs> I remember playing it, but I don't remember like what what any of the music was. Whereas the third one, I could name like 10 songs off the top of my head.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah.
1: But then there's um, also there's also Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, God of War, like these original games, like just hitting their, you know, starting, getting their feet in the ground, starting new franchises, all that sort of stuff. Really cool. And then there's my possibly my favorite, MVP Baseball 2005. Yes, that's right. We're going to bog this down even further with more sports talk. Hell yeah. That's
0: right. Yep. Because this was probably the game, other than Wind Waker, which I think I played this year because I remember... Uh, you know, in college, sometimes you're just in a room for one year. And I can remember this room where I played both MVP Baseball 2005 and a whole lot of Wind Waker. So just uh, memories. But uh, I played like a full ass season of MVP Baseball with my created player on the White Sox, of course. <laughs> and I really wanted to get uh, like the home run record for the, you know, like beat like I, I guess at the time I guess maybe Barry no, Bonds had it already was, set the record. It
1: was Bonds, yeah. Yeah, depressing. I, I
0: remember like shooting for that and getting to like sixty-two or something like that, and was like,
1: "Damn!" I played a whole fucking season,
0: but I mean, it was still fun. Yeah. But like that was how into it I was that I had like a real ass realistic baseball season with my dude that I created. Yeah. Man, oh, you, man,
1: your baseball life and this this year was freaking on point. Like you had. Your team win the World Series. You were watching from day one, and you had one of the best baseball games ever made. I mean, it's no Griffey presents Major League Baseball, but <laughs> it's MVP Baseball 2005. Do you remember um, when you did? Uh, I think it was not franchise mode, but owner mode. Uh, mm-hmm. You could manage all like your 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 AAA team, your yeah. del- all your minor league teams. So I uh, I wanted to create Denard Span for the Twins for this game. Do you remember denard span center fielder he would have been a rookie i, I do yeah yeah he so, would have but been was he like not in the game and you no he wasn't it. and i wanted i really liked him as a player i thought he was going to be a great leadoff hitter and he was for for a few years um but i wanted to like yeah he's perfect like the twins need uh i remember at the time their leadoff hitter was shannon stewart but he was always injured so i was like yeah denard span's gonna replace shannon stewart i had that's like the plan I had in my head for my owner mode and I accidentally made a Denard span way too good. I didn't know how to make a player like just right, average. Right. I wanted him to just be like a guy. Instead I made him Mike Trout where he's hitting, <laughs> right. th- he's hitting 365. He's, he's, he's hitting 50 home runs, 150 RBIs. Like it's just so bad. And it's like, well, I just accidentally broke my whole game because this guy's way too good. Like, Oops. Damn it. Yeah, that's fun though. I mean, it, that was a cool thing
0: about those uh I guess games from that I don't think this was the first to do it, but getting to like move your players up and down through uh your different systems was that,
1: I really got addicted fun. to that big time. Yeah. yeah. That was a lot of fun to to manage uh especially uh creating pitchers and stuff like that. Um I remember being able to go into uh mini games where you could uh, oh yeah, in- increase certain skills and stuff like that. I thought that was a really nice touch. It made kind of made it seem like an RPG a little bit. Yeah, I guess yep. every sports game is an RPG. I, I still get comments on sports game videos where it's like, "So this is an RPG then?" Technically, it actually, it's technically an RPG. Like, yeah, Sterling <laughs> Sharp end to end football is technically an RPG. Yeah, okay.
0: technically,
1: technically, yeah. Is correct. Which is the best kind of correct. <laughs> yeah, PS2. I think was really in. It, Probably, in my opinion, the best year for PS2, even wow. though there's no Katamari, no no GTA or anything like that. I think this is my favorite year. Star Wars Battlefront 2, which is, was another really fun one at the time, especially because I hadn't totally soured on Star Wars at that point. I'd gotten totally sick of it. And um, Tiger Woods 2006, I probably put over well over 100 hours into that game, too. That was also played often in our home yeah yeah i loved the giant cartoony courses that you could unlock like where you're you're playing in like athens greece through these greek ruins it's completely ridiculous but it was um yeah every hole is like 700 yards long and you're still driving it like 500 yards and all that sort of it was, it was fun i liked playing that one uh, it was a good chill out game right what about that there gamecube what do you, what do you think of that
0: yeah, GameCube, Game, the, the old uh, GC. Yeah, was a, this was a decent year. You got Resident Evil Four, which is now relevant again. Obviously, this year with the remake coming out, which I'm super excited to play. A lot of people saying some good stuff about it. I have never played Resident Evil Four, and the reason, because uh, I, I, you know, i have kind of recently been kind of going back through them. But there's been so many whispers about this remake for so long. I was like, let's just I'm gonna punt. Wait, see what they do. Hmm. And so finally, it's here. So finally, I get to play it. Like you know the the new version but i do remember resident evil 4 being such a friggin' big deal at the time and for the years following up until five release then everyone was like what the fuck is this my uh girlfriend uh not not too long after 2005 uh now my wife she um she had a Wii and she actually had resident evil 4 uh oh. i was like well, i was like you fucking you into this and she's like it's actually very hard i don't
1: get very far i was like ah <laughs> I never played it, but I thought that was really cool. I was like, this is a good sign. She must have oh, good Oh, right on. That is a good sign. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember that was, everybody raved about that game. And it came out on GameCube like months and months before it mm-hmm. came out anywhere else. So that was the only way to play it. And people were just going nuts about it. And it, it was so weird because you're used to seeing uh, GameCube and Nintendo franchises at that point ever since the N64 days is just being Nintendo stuff like that settled into their... It was weird to see a third party come in and make a great mm-hmm. game for a Nintendo system again. So. Yeah, that's true. That, that was a cool feeling. But Capcom um, had a
0: really good relationship with the GameCube because they had the Resident Evil uh, remake on that. Right on. Looking back, it's kind of interesting.
1: Then we also had... Speaking of, uh, since we mentioned per, or, uh, the, the Guitar Hero peripherals, we also had those annoying Donkey Kong Jungle Beat peripherals that were everywhere uh it always cracked me up when i i'd go into a GameStop and you'd look behind the the registers and there'd be like five of those bongo bongo things <laughs> like they're yeah. just they're like a dollar each they're desperate to get rid of them but uh yeah it's that always cracked me up but that game was seemingly everywhere at least in my experience but uh and then killer seven that's a classic suda game if i remember correctly
0: yeah i never played that
1: one was that is that something you put a lot of time into? It's, it's pretty good. I remember playing that uh, not too long ago on Steam, and that was a cool one. It's like a highly stylized FPS, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those games where they didn't care about, necessarily, about uh, pushing the boundaries. You know, you mentioned you know snot coming off a of boxer's face when they get punched <laughs> in the face. They, yeah. th- this is a game that didn't care about stuff like that. It just wanted it just to be a cool game. Right. So... And that's that's how I interpreted it anyway. But and then
0: uh handhelds, uh the DS and the uh, Game Boy Advance alive simultaneously. Uh Nintendo's massive. Uh probably not for our age range, but certainly a a game and a box cartridge that you can't walk ten feet without stomping on because there were so many of them.
1: Yep. It's still everywhere when you when you look at used DS games. But yeah, like you said, the uh DS and game, game Boy Advance existing at the same time. It's very strange to me, and it might be strange to a lot of younger people listening to this, if there are younger people listening to this. If so, why? But <laughs> I, They're um, like
0: 2005 was the year I was born. I wanted to check
1: in, <laughs> see what this <laughs> right. was all about. The G- Game Boy Advance... Uh, I completely that made me laugh, and I completely forgot. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Uh, Now Nintendo's just down to the Switch. It's both. It's console, home console, and and handheld. Whereas back in the day, freaking game, you had the GameCube, DS, and Game Boy Advance at the same time. It's kind of strange they went from that approach to just like, yeah, we just have one system now.
0: Yeah, that is kind of nuts when you think back on it. Yeah, three systems at once down to. just the the one Sauron ass <laughs> console to
1: rule them all. I guess that's cool. Sauron ass. Don't sure know. I don't know. That's, if that's how the hobbits accurate. and <laughs> hobbits used to call it. But uh, yeah. And then I got a I got a shout out three games on PC, which is Civilization Four, which is obviously yeah, great. Yeah, it's super time consuming, but it's worth it. It's, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Um, F E A R. I guess you just call it fear. That's
0: what I call it. Yeah, actually, I actually played that yeah. on the 360. Uh, I guess yeah. after this, but yeah.
1: No, I think they came out at the same time. I just remember playing it briefly on PC. Hmm. Uh, I, I'm just throwing fragments of memories out there. And then there's uh, Matrix Online, which uh, the person I was living with at the time had this the most badass setup I think I'd ever seen in my life up to that point. He it, this is cheesy as hell, but he had these like big unwieldy uh, old computer monitors. He had three of them. He had them all right next to each other. And, uh, you know, these are like ViewSonic, uh, SCSI ports, like really, like they, they each weigh like 20 pounds each at least. Uh, just big ass things. And But he managed to get this like screensaver from the Matrix Online game that gave him all three of his monitors, the Matrix thing so so when he was away from his computer and his lights were off all you saw was just like the matrix thing like trickling down his computer monitors i always thought that was fucking cool but that's just me
0: yeah i actually i'm kind of nostalgic for it i want to i might update all my screensavers to be uh
1: (laughs) it's like when's the last time i thought about a screensaver right yeah. But uh, I always thought that was really cool. Like that—that that was the peak of cool in 2005. Was having yeah. your desktop PC have a, having three huge monitors and having Matrix Online screensaver. Man, that, that
0: guy wears sunglasses at night too. Because that sounds pretty cool?
1: Hey there, are you out of goosebumps? Do you wish you had more goosebumps? so come on down to we got goosebumps where trav and dylan read to you from every goosebumps we got mummies we got werewolves we got dummies they move on their own you don't even need to worry about putting your hand up on them come on down to we got goosebumps the podcast well, we got goosebumps, and we'll give them to you.
0: Well, uh, out of games and into music, songs, and we like to break these down. We like to do songs that were everywhere, because, you know, we had to hear them, you had to hear them, we're all familiar with them, we'll shout them out. But then you know, there's a select few that we like more than others. So to start off, like, what was friggin' everywhere? Uh, Sugar, we're going down, swangin' by uh by fallout boy don't know it
1: everywhere oh you if you if you heard it you'd know it (laughs) if i heard it i'd know it but i i just like being contrarian when it comes to music because it's gonna annoy you or a lot of our listeners or i don't know (laughs)
0: i'm just always i'm amazed i'm like so i mean i understand you weren't into it but like you had ears in 2000 but you, did you walk outside i feel like this these songs were everywhere but i was on a college campus where shit like this was just played constantly yes. Oh, a song yeah. that was ran into the ground uh, in fact was uh, beverly hills by weezer i lived we were nowhere near beverly hills we didn't even nobody that went to virginia tech had ever, ever been there but that song played uh Ugh. four times a day
1: this is when weezer really got annoying <laughs> I, I just turned into a cur- curmudgeon during the music s- sections basically i i had pretty much what you say is true though i had pretty much cut myself off to about 90 percent of this music i will say i i, I did know the, some of the other songs listed here like photograph by nickelback Ugh. gold digger by kanye my humps by black eyed peas god is there has there been a, like a worse band a over the past few years a few years few decades rather than black eyed peas just. 2005 was a rough year. It was a rough year.
0: Um, oh. We did get feel-good ink from the Gorillaz. enjoyed that.
1: Yeah. Uh, Demon Days by Gorillaz, in fact. Yeah, the, um, the album dropped that year. The album and, came out.
0: Well, I'll just skip to the album. The With Teeth from Nine Inch Nails came out that year, which was a lone bright spot for me as uh, I was still hanging on to my angsty 90s bands at that point. <laughs> and Nine Inch Nails was giving me something. Not, not everybody, you know, it's just Trent Reznor, but like... Most of my other bands,
1: there somebody had died, so <laughs> they were done. Well, they either died or like Soundgarden broke up, mm-hmm. and then Chris Cornell started doing solo stuff, and it just wasn't the same, that sort of thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and there were a lot of the '80s bands that I still held on to very loosely were well into their twilight, like Aerosmith and all. Uh, you know, and oh, weird...
1: definitely, definitely Metallica too. Holy, yeah,
0: it's like a weird musical. Uh, I don't know, changing of the guard for me, like where all of my interest had officially been declared dead and this new thing was about to happen. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I've been miserable about music ever since. So, it's,
1: well, no, no, that's me, obviously. But, uh, no, I, uh, I can, I can relate to what you're saying. It's it it really hit I guess that's why I'm so bitter about it, or I come across as bitter about a lot of this stuff. I just don't like it and it's, I have no idea what it is cuz I had kind of decided what I liked at this point and I wanted to find use the internet to just find it and listen to it. Yeah. Like I don't if I don't have to pay attention to this stuff, I'm not going to.
0: Makes sense. I also happened to live with like three other dudes at the time who I would say bless their hearts did not have like good musical taste. It was just <laughs> but it was just like all pop Right, they just listened to what all, everyone else listened to, whether that was country, pop, hip hop, rap, whatever. And I just wasn't into that, but I still had to hear it. So these songs still like mm-hmm. have a place. Like there's there's positive memories tied to a lot of the shitty music, but I, ugh, I'm still over yeah. it. Uh, some other albums that uh, I I do like from 2005, um, Lullabies to Paralyze from Queens of the Stone Age. Speaking of that mesmerized and hypnotized from System of a Down that were those were two that I guess at the time I didn't even realize that those were two separate albums because the covers look similar and they came out the same year but uh, they released two out like a part one and part two that year I had no idea that that
1: even I had found that out today they pulled out a uh, Guns N' Roses Use Your Illusion on (laughs) you
0: they did or like that your DMX released like three albums you're like dude you need to go to bed
1: (laughs) I forgot about that you need to calm down (laughs) wow what a pull you sound mad (laughs) go to bed (laughs) (laughs) Dude, calm down. Seriously, um, take a Xanax or something. man He's like, "What
0: you really want?" I'm like, "For you to just take a break, (laughs) (laughs) sit down and like have some
1: tea or something,
0: man." I I, I wonder if DMX ever had tea. You think DMX Uh, ever got a spot of tea? I don't know, man. He was too high octane. Too high octane. He was just monster energy and rap. That's all I think. Yeah.
1: But yet a few here that you know apparently there was some bright spots here for you. What are what are some uh, albums that came out in 2005? You talk about like me I, I mentioned earlier how I just kind of went into my own music cocoon and nothing is more nothing like proves that more than me being really into Depeche Mode in 2005 and in 2023 for that matter because their album that came out that year playing the angel is one of the, their best. And that's that's a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um for whatever reason, I don't know why. Uh, it's Everything just clicked with them. It's weird with Depeche Mode, their their albums subscribe to the same theory that Star Trek movies do, where every other one is good. Like After <laughs> playing the angel, like I knew to ignore the next one. It's like, okay, the next one's going to suck. Sure enough, it sucked. And then the one after that was Delta Machine, which is pretty good. Then the one after that, I don't even remember the name of it, sucked. And then the one after that was pretty damn good. That's the one that came out at like last week and it's really effing good and it's like oh all in on dm these these days uh Man. still at it huh that's crazy yeah they're still at it um we're going to see them we got tickets to see them in seattle in Ooh. november yeah now i that's can't awesome. wait to go yeah we we have friends out there so we're gonna all four of us are gonna go and it's gonna be awesome but um yeah there's that there's A band I like called Ulver. Uh, They had an album come out that year called Blood Inside. Um, That's where it is. That's where I keep mine. (laughs) That's where you keep yours. When I talk about games and like my life in 2005, I just picture myself in a beanbag chair that's about 20 years old. Still held together somehow by like duct tape or something. Oh, I was wondering why you called out
0: the age of the chair. Like, like it would be weird if it were like an underaged beanbag chair. You're like, I'm in a beanbag <laughs> chair, but it's 20
1: years old. So nobody. No, I, I.
0: This I'm was of age.
1: It, it's it's held by tape and just barely because my fat ass is sitting in it. Gotcha. Um, okay. and then <laughs> there was nothing weird. After, it was 20. <laughs> and then after that, um. Uh yeah, it was. I, I'm sitting there in that beanbag chair in my my underage beanbag chair, um, <laughs> just just playing Tiger Woods 06, and I'm listening to Ulver, Blood Inside, Phantomus, Suspended Animation, Boards of Canada, Campfire Head Phase, all three of those albums. Depeche Mode playing the Angel. And along with like Arcturus and you know, Susie and the Banshees, like all sorts of crazy, weird, random stuff. That's that was my life. It's like that's what I did basically all day, every day it was just play Tiger Woods or play MVP baseball or play whatever really and just listen to that music. That's God, awesome. so many hours! So many hours. Like it's, I was, it's one of those things where I was so eager to leave that behind that I never thought I would be nostalgic for that time. You know what I right. mean?
0: No, I know exactly what you mean. And also I think it was around this time. So 2005, I, I've already been burning CDs left right and center because a couple of years prior I'd gone to college and found what ethernet was and and <laughs> whatever. But I remember this still being like a very like a, like an era where having burned CDs was still a very big part of just how you shared music or listened to music. Like I'd always have burnt CDs with you know, music got downloaded off the internet in my car. Yep. That's how I would gift people. We'd make one for a trip, like we're getting ready to go on a trip. We, You know, college kids, like we went to go – we actually went to go see Metallica or not – was it Metallica this year? I think it was. I think we went to see – we went to see some big band in 2005. I don't remember. But it was like a three-hour trip. I remember we burned like – we were almost late because we spent so much time trying to come up with the exact right playlist of CDs to burn <laughs> for the ride. And I just remember that being a huge deal.
1: Yeah, that's that's. It's. I'm glad you brought that up because that was always a subtle art, like making not only picking out what CDs you're going to burn, but like if you if you get ambitious and you start creating a mixed CD of like. Some of my mixed CDs I still have And they're just such a random hodgepodge Of dumb stuff like Ski Low, I Wish I Wish it Was A Little Bit Taller, that that song (laughs) And then uh, the next track after that is Aha, Take On Me And it's like, what was I doing? This is dumb (laughs) (laughs) Like nobody's gonna Listen to this, like I barely listen to it I remember, like you would make a CD For somebody, like whether it be
0: like like a girlfriend Or even a bud But you'd be like, hey um, Made you a CD Listen to it in order, because it's like you spent so much time trying to like labor over that order. You're like, don't be skipping around, all right? I put these, I put these in an order that you'll you'll feel this order. This is a good order of
1: songs, okay? Yeah, <laughs> appreciate really like appreciate deal. my way of how I arrange music, please. <laughs> exactly, compliment me. If I fucking see you skip, dude, <laughs> I better not. <laughs> Every track means something man. You got to you got to let them soak in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then music wasn't that great in 2005 at least like in real time, but movies kind of also weren't that great.
0: Yeah, I mean there's a lot of recognizable titles on here, but a lot of these are like your uh you know within like 3 or 4 months they're DVD bargain bin type movies. Yeah, you know but the, some of the big ones obviously you know the third episode of the star wars uh came out i don't remember anything about it i don't re- i remember the ending of the movie but i don't remember like seeing it or who i was with or anything it didn't leave a, an impression i think i was yeah. pretty over star wars by
1: that point i think i saw it by myself Like, I don't think anybody wanted to come with me. I remember (laughs) that. Um, And I remember really liking the ending. I loved how it, it really did seamlessly dovetail with the beginning of the first movie. But other than that, it was crap. Yeah, a lot I, really of, did not, I really did not like it
0: A lot of shouting and sulking and lava I do remember
1: a lot of that A lot of just dinner theater acting That just isn't good <laughs> Just not good But yeah, there's that There's Batman Begins Which was really exciting at the time At least for me I don't know about you
0: Man, I, amazingly I've still not seen this I don't know how I keep oh, missing it Oh, it's good I didn't it jump was... on the Bat, the Batman wagon Until like the Arkham ones that, To follow, I guess the next one after this But I never caught it Begins for some reason
1: you you want to know what? I, okay, let's 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 keep hitting a, on the nose with these sports analogies. What what Batman's begins was was like. Okay, here here's here's a franchise that fired Joel Schumacher, that as head coach basically. Like we're sick of like Batman and Robin was an embarrassment. Like this is so unbelievably bad. You're you're trying to recapture the Adam West series and and you're doing it in a stupid way. Nobody likes it. Goodbye. Okay let's hire a new coach It's Christopher Nolan He's gonna reinvent Batman Mm -hmm. And he's gonna be like a serious Like he's gonna ignore The whole superhero motif In terms of movies And he's gonna freaking reinvent He's gonna get rid of all this stuff He's gonna turn him into a A darker character A more real human character character and it was so like just exciting and it's like finally thank you it felt Mm -hmm. it just was really cool at the time i I loved it and it eventually led to dark knight and dark knight returns which is which are two all-time classics so yeah batman begins is really good
0: i'll have to to cash in on that and watch it there's also uh king kong that year is that the jack black
1: king kong yes i think it is uh the peter jackson one
0: it's about nine hours long i think
1: (laughs) yeah i have not seen it
0: i think that's why i haven't seen every time i see the runtime i'm like i'll go watch three other movies tonight crash i know that's that's one of your favorites
1: (laughs) don't get me started on that movie it's so bad uh it's one of those movies that like thinks the audience is really really stupid so it has to spell out everything painstakingly to make sure you understand everything it's like, is this like a, a freaking health class like dare video or something? <laughs> like, what the hell am I watching? Like, this is so bad. But um, yeah, it was so ham fisted and so bad and just badly written and just like, oh, what about this? It's like, yeah, you know, you can do that. St- I get where you're, getting, you're coming from, but you can do that same story without being so freaking terrible at it. There's good ways to tell that story. That's, this isn't one of I, I could rant about that movie for days. I hated it so much hated it
0: i didn't realize how star-studded it was like brennan yeah, fraser yeah. in there and ryan felipe
1: and yeah and uh of course matt Sand- sandra bullock and uh yeah ryan felipe's character is is actually pretty good in that movie i think uh yeah. plays like a heart hard-ass rookie cop but oh god i i that movie was was too it was just just like i'm not an idiot okay like you can, can <laughs> do you know how to tell a story without. I don't know. I, I, that movie gets me going. It's one of those movies. He's still upset. He's still upset. Uh, I hate that movie. I hate it.
0: <laughs> uh, a movie that I like that no one ever talks about is The Jacket with Adrian Brody. Anybody seen that? You seen that? One? No, I had to look that up. What's What's that all about? Uh, it's It's uh, I guess you call it a psychological thriller, perhaps. So it's got Adrian Brody, Chris Christofferson's in there looking all like evil Santa Claus and Oh. Uh it's kind of this uh time slip situation where he puts on this jacket and kind of goes into this morgue drawer kind of thing and has all these kind of flashbacks and it's pretty neat. He's a Gulf War veteran. Okay. Yeah. So it's just one of those trippy, kind of dark, edgy it movies.
1: Does does not ring a bell whatsoever. But I know Adrian Brody was a big deal at that at That time, yeah. Um, you also had the old HP, not Hewlett Packard, but Harry Potter, Goblet of Fire. <laughs> I wonder if people were like, Oh, wait, Hewlett Packard
0: had a movie that, oh, Harry Potter,
1: <laughs> the Hewlett Packard, <laughs> Goblet of Fire, coming soon to a print shop near you. Hell yeah, you man. This is when Kinko's got started, yeah, Kinko's, uh-huh. FedEx, yeah, you know, all that stuff. But uh, I liked the fourth book, Harry Potter book, that's Goblet of Fire, the best. Mm-hmm. I but, and that's the last one that's. Really took place in a school, <laughs> so it was the last Harry Potter book that I liked. This is basically it for Harry for Harry Potter for for my experience anyway.
0: Yeah, and then Carl Urban's Doom. I haven't seen <laughs> it, but people say uh, Carl Urban is watchable in it.
1: Oh, uh, this is the Rock movie, right? Is it the Rock? I think I so. Know. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen. Yeah, it. I haven't seen it either. But I remember it coming and going in like a week, and then forgetting about it. But uh, there's also Sims, uh, Sim City, Uh, Sin, Sin, Sin. Yeah, that was neat. I like that. It's a fun movie to look at. I remember Ricky, Mickey Rourke's character. Yeah. That little side story and that being really good. Other than that, I don't remember a whole lot. I remember, isn't Elijah Wood in there? Yeah, he is. He, he has plays like a
0: like really famous, gory scene in there at one point. Big bad, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, Constantine, haven't seen it. Haven't seen that either. People <laughs> rave about that, though. People <laughs> rave about it. That
0: old Keanu. I'm yeah. I saw it in AMA recently. Like One of the top questions was like, are you going to make another Constantine? And he was like, yeah, I totally love to. Like, wow, okay. <laughs> I guess it's on his list, too. I've never <laughs> seen
1: it. Well, you captured the essence of Keanu. I think you should play Constantine. (laughs) Um, uh, Then we have Josh Leslie's favorite movie, Hitch. Yeah. He he took every first date he's ever had to that. I wonder if he... I I wish he still did that. Uh, As tradition. Keep it going. Yeah. The girl he's dating now, like if he makes her watch Hitch at least like once a year or something like that, that'd be funny.
0: It would be funny.
1: (laughs) Or like once a week.
0: Yeah. Speaking of fun movies to watch with a date though, Just Friends such a stand for this movie with Ryan Reynolds I
1: had, not, I had to look that one up
0: did not know what it was Dude it's it's funny it's a funny time I think it it looks like just your run of the mill everyday right out of the pan chick flick rom-com mm-hmm. and I guess in some ways it is but Ryan Reynolds helps it a lot He plays this dude who got friend-zoned by this chick that he had this huge crush on cuz he was a bit heavier back in the day but then he loses a bunch of weight and tries to get with her. But then his old nemesis comes back and he's just a guy that plays guitar at parties and he just can't top that guy. And it's just the uh, <laughs> hilarity ensues.
1: All right. Yeah. Th- th- I mean, that sounds like a funny premise. I, uh, I don't
0: know if I sold it at all, but I just told you what happened. No,
1: I've, Take- I've now heard of that movie. <laughs> I know what it is. I wanted to throw a few others on here just because I, I don't know if you're like me, but I went to... It, it feels like I went to the movie theater a lot more back then. I don't I almost never go to movies now. I go to like five or six a year now. I used to go to the movies like all the freaking time.
0: Same. And again college we it was yeah. a big, huge deals, a big event to go. Yeah. But now ever since COVID, I kinda really haven't gone back in Yeah, um, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, it kinda killed um, my momentum.
1: Yeah, kills kill a lot of people's momentum. Um but there here are some that I remembered that I saw this the, in two thousand five. Kingdom of Heaven uh, I remember my brother's review of this was nobody throws a fireball like Ridley Scott, which <laughs> still makes me laugh to this day. <laughs> uh, there was the Chronicles of Narnia stuff, which felt like a total like, oh, well, Lord of the Rings got movies and they were am- amazingly successful and great. Like this huge phenomenon. Let's do it again with Narnia. And it eh, didn't really care. Yeah, I didn't uh,
0: watch that. But my, mem- my memory of that movie is from the Lonely Island song. It was like the chronic oh. what Yeah, That's yeah all I think. And that might've
1: been, that might've been like 2000, that might've been the next year, I think when they did that song. Yeah, maybe. That was a YouTube thing, wasn't it?
0: Oh, I don't even know where it started, but yeah. damn, if that song doesn't get stuck on. I can't, I literally can't even see the cover of the book without <laughs> thinking about.
1: um Thank you. Thank you, Chris the, Parnell and Andy Samberg. Yeah. Chris before, right? Parnell just uh,
0: in my brain. He lives there rent yeah. free all day.
1: There was also Jarhead, uh, the Jake Gyllenhaal movie uh, about the Gulf War. And I liked this movie because uh, I was raised by a huge war history buff in my dad. So I had seen a gazillion war movies, uh, Apocalypse Now, Platoon, Killing Fields, uh, uh, Saving Private Ryan, like whatever, like just everything going all the way back to the John Wayne days and all that stuff. Just I've seen all of it. And Jarhead was the first movie that was able to tell me like, oh, being in the military is freaking boring. Like you go (laughs) insane from not doing anything. And that was like really insightful to me. Like no other none of the other war movies, they all do the big, spectacular, dramatic things. And of course they do, because yeah. I mean, they're showing you the
0: military when when it's they're showing doing you the stuff.
1: military. Yeah, when when it's just like we're we're out here in this foreign country and we're just not doing anything. Right, Or just go we're doing the same drills every day. What the hell are we doing? Here? I always I really liked that. I thought that was very memorable for me to watch. Did you know that they've made two sequels to Jarhead? No. <laughs> yeah. The next. <laughs> Why would they do that? I don't know. But the next two
0: don't star anybody. I have ever heard of. Oh, my
1: God. Jarhead 2, Field of Fire. Yeah, and the Jarhead Who are 3 these people? Siege.
0: Dennis Haysbert's at least in the third one, but...
1: Oh, nice. 2005 also had Wedding Crashers.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I saw that in a theater. Yeah. With, with actually some, some churchy friends of mine, and boy, were they really
1: put <laughs> off by it, and I was like, this movie
0: <laughs> rules. This is maybe the best movie I've ever seen in my life.
1: The The first hour of that movie is, laugh out loud, hilarious to this day. When they start betting on which Bible verse they're going to use... Oh, yeah. I, I it class funny. I'm telling you it's going to be Corinthians, Corinthians five <laughs> or whatever that makes me laugh. And then there's uh David Cronenberg's a history of violence. And this is, that movie is, is really intense and takes a really crazy turn. And yeah, that, that have you seen that one by any chance or no? No, it's actually, it's on my watch list. I almost watched it the other night. It's it was the first thing I saw Vigo Mortensen. Vigo Mortensen in uh, after Lord of the Rings, and I was like, wow, this guy is spectacular. So, oh, I, nice. I recommend it. Yeah.
0: All right, cool, cool. I was looking for the runtime because I get burned on shit like that all the time. I'm like, I'm gonna go watch oh. the movie. Oh, it's four and a half hours. Okay. Yeah. Just Ken Burns talking about baseball. Oh, it's only 96 <laughs> minutes. That's not bad. I'm burning through that. <laughs>
1: Okay, that's good. Yeah, so it's only an hour and a half of your life. Perfect. But But um, yeah, it's worth. It's definitely worth a watch. Um, notable events, Hurricane Katrina. I, what do you even say about Hurricane Katrina, man? So I'll give you some insight into this uh, from a personal standpoint. Um, my dad uh, worked for 30 years as an engineer for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, and okay. he had been retired. So in other words, he deals with lots of like flooding and dams and drainage and in places like he got his first job in New Orleans uh, back in the 70s. And then he moved up uh, to Minnesota and, uh, you know, did did that work up there. But when this storm was first predicted and when it started bearing down, my dad Dead ass serious it was like those people need to get the hell out of there like there is no relief for those people it's going to flood and it's going to flood worse than anything those those pumps and those dikes and everything are from the 60s Oof. they haven't been upgraded like those people need to leave now like they what are they like i don't know like i'd never seen that side of my dad before like mm-hmm. so that is kind of a bit of a raw raw emotional thing, but it's, I never, I don't know. It's like, I I had such a distant thing with my, like my dad never talked about his work ever. Like he never brought it home. He never, he never brought it up. Nobody brought it up to him and all the, everybody was happy for it, but (laughs) it was, (laughs) it was, it was weird being him being like, no, those people can't stay there. That place is screwed for like the next year. Like get out. But yeah, he was crazy. Yeah. He was, he, it was all he talked about for like a week and I guess I don't blame him because it's like, yeah, I worked there. Like everything there is fucked. It's, this is going to be horrible. And it was
0: man. I, yeah, I remember, you know, we're we're all really used to hurricane warnings and, Early well, I don't know, may, you were in Minnesota, maybe they never really affected you at all, but <laughs> even where I'm at, there was always a chance that something could happen. I mean, you'd it never like the mm-hmm. devastation you get in, like you know if you're in Florida or al- along the coast, but you'd still yeah. feel the after effects of it, and so you know, I would always kind of keep an eye on it but if then if I realized that the trek wasn't really going to affect us, I kind of tune it out uh-huh and this was one where you know I kind of did that until it hit, and then the footage. And, and maybe, you know, there were bigger, there have been, or not bigger, but there have been like, you know, hurricanes that were newsworthy in the past. But this one I felt like had so much coverage before it happened and then obviously during and then the aftermath. And it was like like a four or five month event um, that this thing mm-hmm. was all compacted in because of the devastation that left in its wake. And I still am blown away. Like I, every year or so I'll be reminded of Katrina, and I have to go look at those pictures just to kind of uh-huh. recalibrate to the level of devastation that was there, because it's like an entire major U.S. city underwater. It's insane. Like, the whole interstate yeah. system is gone. There's massive, like, boats and ships just in people's yards. I mean, it's nuts to think about, like, yeah. uh, a theme park is just floats out into the ocean. Like, stuff like that is just almost unfathomable. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it, stuff like that helps me not take things for granted, literally just going back and looking and being like, dang, dude, I'm so happy I didn't have to deal with that. And I feel so
1: bad for all the people that did. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, and plus, uh, I, I think now that you mentioned that, I think that th- that event kind of coincided with, at least for me, uh, just. 24-hour news Mm -hmm. like if i wanted to know what was going on in katrina i thought it was actually really cool to like oh i can just turn on the tv and see what's happening and but the stuff i was seeing like the coverage itself i don't want to get into this but the coverage itself was like wait a second wait what 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 are you doing why are you showing this why are you why are you talking about something else like let's let's stay with with this and i don't know yeah, yeah. That, that just reminded me of that that's all no
0: you're right i mean it was i have you know memories of the news of you know just seeing people floating on cars and watching people get rescued right. and, man it was yeah. um, insane insane to think also that it it's already been you know, eighteen years. That's that's a memory that that's like this is one of the first times uh, through 2005 at least where I feel like, damn, okay, that that feels like ten years ago to me. Eighteen feels like that was way too long ago for Katrina, just because it was eighteen years, such Jesus. a big deal. Yeah,
1: that's what this podcast is—is is just me and you going, God damn, <laughs> hell, how the hell was that that long ago? Jesus Christ! I'm Come old. on, that wasn't 2005. Come on, but yeah. That was going to rain tomorrow. Tough. My back hurts. I can tell. <laughs> 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 and there was also, on a lighter note, there was also the first YouTube video ever posted. I think it was, what, November of this year or something like that? It was pretty late.
0: I'm not sure the time, but I know it's, it's something about the zoo. Somebody posted themselves yeah. at a zoo.
1: Yeah. And then it's it is seriously a trip when you're watching something on YouTube. Or you might, like, see something recommended to you and you see 16 years ago... It's like that can't be right. <laughs> there's no way that's right, that's accurate, and it's like sure enough, you click on it, it's like two thousand six or two thousand five, and it's like, God damn it
0: and I remember the like the onset of YouTube being i mean we talk about it all the time, just how different it is now, even versus four or five years mm-hmm. ago, six, seven years ago but the the way that I consumed content from YouTube was very strange, looking back where. There was no, like, searching or surfing YouTube, really. It was just people would find something and then send it to you. And it was like finding all these black holes. Like, he didn't know how anything was interconnected. Like, I remember seeing a video and being like, I want to see more funny stuff like this, but I don't know how the fuck to do it. <laughs> what do I well, do?
1: Plus, your internet was too damn slow. Yeah, that's was, right. You, Not- couldn't just, you couldn't just flip through videos like you can now. You had to sit there and pause and then wait for it to load a bit. And hopefully your internet didn't crap out in the middle of it or or whatever. And then the maximum upload time uh, back then was ten minutes. Ten minutes, yeah. Yeah, people had to get really creative with that. God, I'll never forget. Uh, this is one thing I've I've talked about many times about. It's spawning the Drunk channel. It like, kind of spurred me on to make it. Whereas I was looking for information on on a game. I think it was P- Power Rangers Fighting Edition. Yeah. And I just remember getting really frustrated and upset that the best video I could find on it, and this is like 2011, 2012, and it's like the best, the best video I can find is like some guy pointing his webcam at his CRT TV, just rambling for like 10 minutes. Like, come on, man. Like, we can do better than this. Like, <laughs> we deserve it. Like, this, this thing, yeah, this thing has, this, this service has been here for this long, and this is the best we have on this game. Like, come on. Like, we can do better.
0: And you did, and you did.
1: Well, yeah. I tried, but uh,
0: yeah. Anyway, well, we've that's kept... uh, the first YouTube video. Without the first YouTube video, you know, we don't have drunk friends. So hats off to those. That's guests. true.
1: Hello, you lovely listener. We're trying something new. This podcast now has a subreddit at reddit.com forward slash r forward slash polymedia. If you're anything like us when you listen to an episode of your favorite podcast, you often wish you could talk with other listeners and the hosts about the episode. That's what R forward slash polymedia is for. So if you're listening, when you have something to say, head over to R forward slash polymedia and start or join a conversation. YouTube has a comment section, blogs have comment section, and now this podcast has a comment section at reddit.com forward slash r forward slash polymedia. Come talk with us and fellow listeners.
0: All right, so then most popular TV shows of 2005. You know, it, it actually forms a long list of shows that are that ran a long time and were super popular. 2005 was a breeding ground for, I guess, what to na- nowadays is just a giant DVD box sets that no one watches. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yup uh we're talking my name is earl Love that show. the the office my name is earl
0: i yeah i watched a lot of my name is earl i yeah I identified with like all those characters i'm like man those people were my neighbors
1: in my family <laughs> <laughs> that that's one of those shows if i'm flipping through channels i'm watching the whole episode i don't mm-hmm. I, I don't care what else is going on i'm it's it, that show always got me uh, Weeds, I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Weeds. I know Kevin Nealon was in it, and I love Kevin Nealon, but other than that, don't know.
0: Yeah, watched a couple episodes, pretty funny. Uh, and then of course The Office, that's probably the biggest hitter on the list in terms of longevity and popularity. Yeah. What's not to love about that? Supernatural, my wife watched all, I don't know, how many, I do the math, I guess. 700,000, yeah. Yeah, 17 seasons, 18 seasons of it. She, and when she got to the end, I was like, "Do you like it?" And she was like, "Yeah, it's okay." It's like, "Wow, <laughs> you spent more time watching that than I've played video games in the last six years combined." And it's just okay. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Um, Grey's Anatomy. Every girl I dated uh, up until I met my wife was a huge Power fan of this show, and that made me hate it. <laughs> Did they make you watch it with you? I had to watch it, man. It's just like doc. Are doctors? Seriously, I mean, I guess I guess so. Doctors and nurses are just super horny all the time. <laughs>
1: Massively horny. It's like people. Beverly Hills 90210 in a hospital for some reason. Like what? Yeah, but or Melrose Place in a hospital, I guess. But yeah, and uh, then it's always sunny. I one of the one of the all time great shows that's yeah, ever existed.
0: I, I started watching it. I I always get like through the first four seasons and then just get distracted. I need to just pick up where well, I left off, but I always have this thing where I want to just start it over.
1: Uh, I I'll never get through it. I've adopted the mentality with, with shows like It's Always Sunny and South Park. I treat them almost like SNL sketches where each episode is its own 25-minute sketch. Hmm. And I, I'm not going to sit down and watch like 700 SNL sketches in a row I'm gonna watch like one here, one there. I'm gonna. I I treat those those long ass running shows like South Park, and it's always sunny. I don't know why those two ended up being synonymous in my head, but I treat them (laughs) the same way. Where I just I watch one episode like every few months or so, and you know I pick one here, pick one there. I don't like watching stuff like that all in in a row in sequence. I like watching it just randomly one here, one there. That's Yeah. yeah, a la carte exactly.
0: Yeah, I I guess I'm a little too Type A to I need I need to adopt <laughs> that, but I'm like, well, if there's a list, I,
1: the reason I I because I'm Type A too, and I, I see where you're coming from, and it's like you got to experience the context, and like mm-hmm. here's how the audience are initially experienced this show, and it's like I just don't care anymore. Like I just wanna I just want to laugh. <laughs> yeah, I guess. No, that makes
0: sense. The modernized incarnation of Doctor Who. Uh, I, that's another show where I watched like the first, like two seasons. And then I was like, I think I got it. I like, <laughs> I like what I watched. Uh, I think I'm gonna move on now.
1: Yeah. I, I, I basically me too. I mean, I kind of got it from basically the same time frame too, right? Wasn't this the Matt Smith and that other guy era? Uh,
0: Eccleston like, did the, just the one season. And then, Oh,
1: that's right. Okay. And then I think it was, um. What's that guy's I, what, name? I can't. Covenant? I can't remember Covenant. his name. I I know his face. He's in that Jessica Jones show. Yeah. Uh, with I that can't hilarious.
0: His name. Uh, there's a hilarious image where he's standing like painfully close to her face. That's a meme.
1: Well, um, he's also uh, the guy standing in the rain in the meme. That that meme. I I post oh, that. Oh yeah. Gif. I used to post that gif all the freaking time. God, dang it. That now guy. I, gotta I can't look, remember that guy.
0: I got now. I gotta go. I gotta look him up. Uh, Doctor Who's, but is it Who's with an S C or? Oh no, okay. Um, <laughs>
1: still workshopping that one.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll put that one back in the uh, in the, the incubator. Man, yeah, you, you have to you have to specify what what incarnation of Doctor Who you want. Unless you just want a list, a ginormous list of white dudes.
1: No, you got to go list of Doctor Who guys.
0: Doctor Who. Oh, that's a good one. Doctor Who guys. I didn't think of that. <laughs> there we go. That's that's more contemporary. Why it's amazing
1: that this guy's name just doesn't pop up. Is it David Tennant? Yes. Okay. There we go. Thank you. For yeah, that. Eccleston, and then David Tennant, and then Matt Smith. Okay, that's yeah. that's how the sequence went. I just know those guys were like involved in that show at that point. Yeah. Their faces were like the face of the show, and it's was like, okay, yeah, whatever. And yeah, it, it it it's a show that existed. It did. It still <laughs> it sure did. Does it? Does it not
0: anymore? Did they? I don't know. It? I have no idea. Uh, How I Met Your Mother, I really like that show. I watched it all the way through. I don't know if it would hold up now, but back in the day,
1: I ate it up. Uh, I had to stay away from that show because they were too on the nose with their Minnesota Vikings jokes. <laughs> they're, they're making fun of Gary Anderson and stuff like that. That's That hits too close to home, man. Can't oh. handle that stuff. I, I understand. I
0: understand. Uh, Prison Break. Man, I wish they would have just made the first season. I would have let them have the second season. <laughs> But they did not need to make the third or the fourth season, which is the worst, where Michael Rappaport's in there and he's like hiring <laughs> no, them to no. break in, to break somebody else out. And it's like, we don't need this. Getting out of if the prison was
1: awesome. If your show is relying on Michael Rappaport to to carry you along, like that's your yeah. big guest star to get people to, oh, that's, 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 that's bad. Um, yeah, pretty much everybody has the exact same sentiment about prison break don't they it's pretty like, yeah, much that that first season you break out of prison it, it was good
0: yeah and I, i'll give them that the second season was okay because they were uh it showed them all on the lamb and like all the people that you'd attached yourself to in the prison oh, sure, yeah and they're trying not to get caught the third mm-hmm. one they they do the thing where like they did the third ninja turtles they just move them to a different place or like every third sequel where they take them to a city so it's like prison break in mexico And they have to break out of a Mexican prison.
1: (laughs) They treat it like the real world. Yeah, basically. Real world Miami. Breaking out of prison in Miami, breaking out of prison in Paris. (laughs) Which I think, honestly, if they had kept that recipe, they could have kept me interested. But they, well, they, as long as they have exotic locations, <laughs> exactly. that you can like, you, you can you can like, wow, that looks beautiful. I wonder where that is. Is that Thailand? Where you break out of prison in Thailand? Wow, that's yeah. so cool. What do they? What, you know, what can they use their to their advantage there? Japan, what, what are they going to do? Tokyo? What is that? That's awesome. That's funny. Pretty much everybody had that sentiment about Prison Break, which is which is funny because I haven't thought about that show probably since. 2005 yeah and then um, there's avatar the last airbender and i assume you're talking about the animated tv show yeah on nickelodeon yeah Now i never watched it but people talk it up oh it's an all-timer it's really good it's basically anime style but american made mm. it's it's really good it's 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 very it's one of those worlds that's like feels very lived in Like the people that came up with all the elements and all the way the world works and all that sort of stuff, they were very, they they were in that world when they came. you know, they, uh, how do I want to say this? It's kind of like just Star Wars, you know? Mm. No, don't compare it to Star Wars. That's a bad Mm. comparison. Arguing with myself here. (laughs) But yeah, no, the, the point is Avatar is really good. Well written. Well written, yes, there we go Uh, I'm I'm in a rambly mood for apparently
0: Man, I got a a good segue here Speaking of well written or not mm, uh, Notable books Of course this would be the year that kicked off The big twilight ordeal A lot of of young folks Reading the twilights uh, By Stephanie Meyer I did not, didn't follow the movies I I had that same thing that a lot of other dudes My age had, which was like ooh, it's too icky uh, it might be, I, looking back, that might've been like unfair and maybe I should give it a shot, but I'm just not interested in, in that kind of story. So I probably won't, but pass. Yeah. Pass. The girl with the dragon Tattoo by Stieg Larson. Everybody likes that. I have not read it. Nope. Me neither. But I did read Freakonomics by Stephen Levitt. Good hmm. book. Most of the facts are very outdated now but still interesting and it's a quick read. Uh, then you got a section here about the internet. What were you doing on the internet? 2005 was the glory
1: days, man. <laughs> it was interesting. I added a section to our list here for just basically like internet culture. Like what were you, what websites were you visiting around this time? What were you frequenting? And the, there are two that stand out that don't exist anymore. Uh, one I'll get to, I'll knock out right away. ESPN page two, cause it's a sports thing. What made this site different was they were able to recruit big time authors like David Halberstam, Hunter Thompson, like people like that, uh, Ralph Wiley, to to write about sports like just for fun. And I was like, holy crap, this is Hunter S. Thompson just talking about like the Oakland Athletics. <laughs> like this is this is very <laughs> strange, but it worked. It really worked, and of course, Bill Simmons was the the big like pole writer for that that page there there are lots of great writers i'm a big sports writing dork yeah. sports writer dork so i loved like jim capel brian murphy like all all those dudes from eric peel was another guy i, I liked uh, all those old page two guys from ye olden days were were great so there's that and then there's also uh ytmnd otherwise known as you're the man now dog i've never heard of that yeah, I was on this site all the freaking time. Basically, the premise was you could record an MP3 and uh, for, for the audio and you could create a GIF for the visual and you had to kind of combine them on one page. Like If you did this on YTMND, it would spit out a URL that you could send to people and it would be just like a joke. Mm-hmm. And the way people did this was like so creative and so freaking funny. Like, I spent so much time just making sites and just laughing and seeing the stuff people would make. And it was, it's not, it's hard to explain in 2023 terms, but in 2005, that was my shit. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't, doesn't make much sense now, but it's, uh, it was great back in the day. That's awesome.
0: Uh, I don't remember specifically. Forums, but I know I was in them. I know I spent a lot of time oh, yeah. in forums, but I, I, you know, I probably spent most of my time, honestly, just on AIM Instant Messenger because that was that was popular uh, yep. where where I went to school. So I just spent a lot of time communicating with folks that way directly. But I do remember discovering a lot of web comic sites in 2005, uh, and a couple that I just went to check on that are still active. Um, Married to the Sea. Uh, and Toothpaste for Dinner. And I think both of those are operated by the same people, uh, Drew Fairweather and I believe his significant other, Natalie D., I think are their names. And it's just daily cartoons. I I never really understood how they put them together. I don't know if it's like existing art that they are lampooning by putting captions over it and turning it into a cartoon or if they draw any of this stuff but each one of their cartoon series is, like have a different style so Mary to the sea has this i don't even know how you would describe it but like i almost want <laughs> to say it... like 1920s textbook kind of
1: art <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> uh it's it's kind of old-timey mm-hmm. are they, are they using like a serif font for their text i mean i don't know i, I don't they, know they font there Right,
0: but... yeah they use like <laughs> Often calligraphy or something like that. But the whole point is, yeah. it's like, it's a new comic every day. It's everyday. Very fancy looking. Yeah. And it's been going for years. So that's Married to the Sea. That's the one that's kind of fancy looking. Um, and I'm pretty sure they just pull like illustrations from old articles or content or whatever and just dunk on them. But those used to kill me. Those used to be so funny. I have a fond memory of that and sharing those out with my friends who never
1: found it as funny as me, which always upset <laughs> me. That's what's fascinating about not only internet culture back then because it forces us to like okay how do i explain this to somebody that doesn't know what this is it's always a challenge it, you were able to pigeonhole your own interests so much more at this mm-hmm. point in time like you were able to like really get into stuff that only spoke to you and so if when you tried to like approach somebody uh, like uh, another friend with it like or <laughs> just one of those things like i don't even know how i would Explain why TMND somebody to somebody at the time, let alone now. So right. the internet was we. I guess my point is the internet was fucking weird back then. <laughs> it really was. Uh, I guess it's still kind of it's weird though because it
0: the internet felt like a bigger place then, and it it's it's a bigger place now, but it feels smaller now because people have funneled themselves into these yeah social group or social platforms where. I suppose, yeah. Back in the day, it was much more the Wild West. You could just you could go on the internet yeah, and find exactly. a cozy spot in the internet mountains and not talk to anyone you knew. Where now, it just feels like you're constantly <laughs> tracked by people
1: that are in the next room. You're like, God. pretty sure I did that back then. <laughs> uh, there there was there were there are a few forums I posted at. One was for the band Mister Bungle called Bungle Fever, <laughs> and that was just you don't want that. Yeah, you don't want that. No, uh, that's that's bad. But. Um, <laughs> Um, sounds like a Beavis and Butthead invention or something. (laughs) But but yeah, then there's that. There's my sports forums. There's my news forum. Like there's little tiny little categories for everything, little groups for everything. It allows a crazy person like me that's compartmentalizes everything to really go hog wild.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Well, uh, speaking of hog wild, should we go hog wild on some of these emails?
1: Yeah, we got uh, uh, genre fluid. Written to us from Josh Lopez. Josh Josh. Lopez. That he, He titles his email Genre Fluid. He says, Hi again, drunk friends. I recently found out there is going to be a Metal Slug tactical RPG game in the same vein as Final Fantasy Tactics. And yes, I've seen this. It looks awesome. I love the Metal Slug series and tactical RPGs, so I'm really looking forward to the big change in format. I'm wondering if there are some other or if there are any other game series that you dudes think could benefit from a big leap in genre like that. I think something like a turn-based Zelda game would be cool. Or what about a Mario Party-type game with Mega Man characters? A farming sim in the Super Monkey Ball universe? Sorry if I took all the right answers. (laughs) Let me know what you think. Uh, that's from Josh Lopez, oh, but um, right. we do. I, I feel like we've answered this email a, a couple different ways, but it's always fun to revisit this question based on what's come out lately, like what you're playing now and all that sort of stuff. I think a turn-based Zelda game sounds like it might be cool.
0: Yeah, that I guess that does sound cool to me. Being a big OG Zelda fan, man, that's a, this is a good question because I feel like lately companies have been doing this more and more you know we got like mario Rabbids in a tactical uh rpg format uh theater rhythm is kind of like final fantasy mm-hmm. right. um turn based with with uh rhythm so we're seeing more of that so it's it's a good question but i feel like it, it's weird that i don't have any like good ideas i feel like normally i could just pump one out and be like oh i want to <laughs> see a first person kirby shooter where you just you you just suck and blow. <laughs> hey, you, you just you can't see Kirby. You just your first person.
1: I actually, I did come up with an idea several years ago. I sent it to my, my high school friend where it's like, I want a first person shooter where like the, it, it is like a Kirby thing where you inhale, so, where you become a different form, but you can't see what you are and you have to guess. It's a terrible idea, but yeah,
0: <laughs> you have to find mirrors in the
1: game. It's called Kirby and the magic mirror. And you uh, have to, yeah. <laughs> Ah, but you have to uh, um, use your power to find out what you are, apparently. I don't know. I I was down some sort of rabbit hole with that idea. But yeah, Yeah. I I think uh, a Joush, the way he, uh, a Mario Party game with Mega Man characters, like that sounds fun. I'd try it. Oh, you know what I was thinking the other day, and this
0: is tied back to the original Legend of Zelda. I just played through the the OG, the OG LOZ, as us uh, diehards say. Uh, I played through that again the other day. Just love that game. And I was thinking, you know, with this format or with the way this game looks and you have Link to the Past and you have Link's Awakening, uh, I think you have enough there, sort of the way that Zelda's dungeons, find stuff, whatever. And you got Zelda randomizers that kind of do this already, but you could have a a Legend of Zelda maker. Where you make your own, and I'm like, does that exist already? I don't even know, but like, it doesn't. At the, it's like, like the way Nintendo made Mario Maker. I feel like they could apply sure. that to to z- I those, think that's some of those come. primitive
1: Zeldas. Yeah, I think that would be great. I think that's gonna come. I think th- Mario. I hope. I really hope Mario is just the tip of the iceberg. Um, Mario Maker, rather. Uh, I hope there's Zelda Maker. I hope they do that with like all their freaking franchises. Can you imagine like a Punch Out Maker? That'd be freaking awesome. <laughs> If you get to create your own like opponents like and patterns and stuff like that that'd Be that'd be fun that would, that be, would fun. be fun uh i can't really think of any the, the only thing is i i just want to shoehorn more ken griffey jr presents major league baseball into everybody's lives because i think it's the best game ever made
0: yeah well you could have king griffey jr's uh uh shoot em up rpg baseball i don't know
1: uh, shoot uh, them up I, I think shoot them uh, up baseball ma- make it like uh, yeah shoot them it's you use your bat to shoot little baseballs at at guys
0: another email here from um what's well, an email from a uh, one Chuck Biscuits which I love I'm gonna that made me change my accent did you catch that I was like we got an email from Chuck Biscuits Hey-o. hey yo <laughs> I'm actually gonna have to say the whole email because or like, with that accent because I'm pretty sure that's how Chuck wants it <laughs> please do <laughs> Email here is titled Retro Shit, and uh, he says, Hey, guys, happy holidays. Uh, with winter well on its way, I've, been, I've uh, blown the dust off my retro equipment and got back into it once again. And in doing so, I sometimes feel like I'm chasing the white dragon playing these beautiful games. Am I the <laughs> only one who can't seem to get cozy enough to truly appreciate these pieces of art? Do you guys feel this way? What goes through your head? Anyways, I'd like to end with something a little more positive. So, what's each of you and guest, if you have one, uh, top five or 16 or eight? I'm sorry. I read that as like, who wants to like list, like, t- what's your top five, five or 16, 16 or eight? Just give me <laughs> whatever. A th- I don't, yeah. I don't care. Give I, me a number. I got you now, Chuck. My bad. Um, What's your top five 16 or 8 bit soundtracks? So keep up the great work. And, Trav, I loved your episode with NES Complex. That guy rocks. I think you were here too, Alex, but I think that was the episode your audio cut out partway through. And I ended up having uh, it just probably just sounded like I was the only one there.
1: Is that why my, my my microphone, either my internet died or my microphone? Yeah, died. something screwed
0: yeah. up on that. But we, we salvaged it. Uh, Sincerely, Chuck Biscuits. P.S., feel free to only read the second question if you're not feeling the first. Well, Chuck, we feel them all, man. They yeah. fill
1: all the questions. That was delightful, by the way. Oh, thanks. Uh, it, pic- picturing a guy uh, reading that question with that accent is, pr- is pretty comical. A, g- a guy with a shirt that says the word Chuck on it. hmm Like, you know, it's the gas station shirt. and Yeah. He's very interested in uh, all, these, all, the, all this retro equipment and these games. So what does go through your head? What makes you feel that way? Do you have an answer for them? He's
0: chasing that nostalgic dragon, right? Like he's trying to guess—to capture but, what it was about those games that that made him fall in love in the first place. He's never able to kind of hit that high mark that he first experienced back in the day. I kind of get—I kind of get that, but I think a, sure. good, a good part of it too is like when you're a kid. I mean, you're full of that childhood wonder. Like everything's a big deal. It's hard to you're desensitized now. It's hard to it's hard to match it. You just
1: I just keep playing games and well, yeah. Hope I find something great. At a certain point, you got to create new nostalgia. Yeah. You got to create new memories. So play something else for a while and then go back to it. I think you just, I think this person just needs time. I feel like I'm answering a Dear Abby kind of a thing. <laughs> it's like I'm giving this guy like life advice or something. But yeah, yeah, you just need time. Like just get away from it and then go back to it. That's that's what nostalgia is. Yeah.
0: And I think a lot of times too, I, I've, uh, this might be a thing that you and I deal with. Given that we play a lot of different games always, because that's kind of how like our content works. Where I don't, I don't usually compare my experiences necessarily to my childhood uh, experience or like to anything right. that, that it was made out to be before I played it. I end up sort of comparing it on its the merits that it has. Like I already know it's going to have limited graphics and all these other things. But wh- what's the experience? What would the experience like have been then in 1988? Would this have been awesome? And how does it compare to its peers? And that's I usually end up adoring a game that could be seen as like a six out of 10 just because I'm like, man, this game really tried, dude. It really did some cool yeah. stuff, even though it, no one will play it or believe me. I think it
1: I think it I has some value. Like I do. I, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like I I'm love rooting for the game, like even that. though
1: it's like it's not going to win anything. I'm like, get in there, Kabuki Quantum Fighter. Show them what you got. You're good. I root for everything not named Bill and combat basketball <laughs> to be good. That game could go piss up a rope, but everything else, I'm rooting to be to be really good. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm I'm thinking of examples for myself. It's like, am I ever going to recreate the feeling of playing Mega Man X for the first time? No. Why? And first of all, I want that. I want that memory to stand on its own by itself. I don't want to go back there and change it or, or redo it or anything like that uh what i've what i've done is and what I've, I've always done this is just come up with a new way to play the game in the case of like Mega Man x uh i know that when you go through the intro stage and then you get to the uh maverick select screen it's uh if you go to chill penguin first you get the dash well what if you went to chill penguin last Oh, like, you know, like go all the way around and then come back and see if he can beat all those bosses without the dash. Some people do, you know, I was watching Arcus earlier today. He's he's playing through Ninja Gaiden again. <laughs> you know, he's Dang, still dude. still cranking through Ninja Gaiden, Ninja Gaiden 2, all that stuff. You know, he I don't I'm not sure how that works for him, how that works for him in his mind. But he's found ways to, like, make it interesting for himself somehow, Otherwise, what's he doing? But yeah, it's just fine. Come up with new stuff. Come up with new goals or just get away from it and create new nostalgia. Right
0: on, man. Uh, do you have like a, a quick go-to list of top 16-bit
1: soundtracks handy for our guy Chuck? Uh, off the top of my head, uh, I'll go Axelay mm. for Super Nintendo. I'll go Chrono Trigger. I'll go Final Fantasy VI. I'll go Super Castlevania IV, Secret of Mana. Uh Yoshi's Island, Mario World, Super uh anything so- Soya Oka's done, like Pilot wow. Wings. Uh <laughs> Calm down over there,
0: man. Wow. Okay.
1: All right. Off the top of it. That was off the top of his head, Chuck. All right. If you want more than that, you're gonna have to subscribe to his blog. You're gonna have to pay me four hundred dollars, no, I'm just kidding. Uh I'll I'll give that to you for free any day of the week. I'll just I'll just throw 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 names at you for, forever. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, I guess eight bit. Real quick for me, I, I say uh, uh, Castlevania. Um, all all of them, one, two, three, all good. Legend of Zelda is a banger in my opinion. Super Mario Bros. Three can't go wrong with that. Contra really good. You know what I'm going to hit you with? I'm gonna I'm gonna hit hit him with a left jab. He's not going to see coming. Pictionary. Oh, he's, he's he's picking up steam. Pictionary. Oh, now he's
1: he's 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 tapped into the the Pictionary. The Follen Brothers.
0: God damn, they just fucking slaps.
1: Yeah, so good. It's, I have that on my like Alzheimer's. running playlist. <laughs> Do you really? It's like that's me- great. yeah,
0: it's like Metallica, Lamb of God, and like <laughs> Tim <laughs> Fallon. Not really.
1: I should though. Oh, that's great. Uh, you really should. Um, that's pretty funny.
0: Well, thank you for the email, Chuck Biscuits. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we answered that in a way that is helpful to you.
1: Yeah, and then we got our last email here. Titled One Hitters by this uh, Robert Ring guy, Ugh. and uh, I wonder if he's associated with like the Ring app or something. Oh, like, maybe I don't know what his deal is—is is he like a Ring empresario? Did he did he inherit the Ring fortune? Mm. But anyway, uh, he says, "Hey, drunk bros, what's your favorite song from a '90s one-hit wonder band?" You can let loose with the one-hit wonder definition if they were, say, two-hit wonder or something. <laughs> and he says, Mine is Lump by the Presidents of the United States of America. And I remember that song being everywhere. And I would say that they are a two-hit wonder because Peaches, Peaches was also everywhere. And that song and the music video were both great. Fantastic,
0: yeah. And also, like, yeah. the little dune buggy song they had. I don't think it was quite as big as Lump or Peaches. I, but.
1: Wow, I, have, I haven't heard that and. Since the nineties, wow, or since whenever it was, yeah, that's 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 an old one. But do you have one, Trav? I do. do have you had time to think of one? Oh yeah. What, what is it?
0: Return of the Mac.
1: Oh, that's a really good one. Oh, that's a really that had, did not cross my mind. Mark oh, Mark man. Morrison,
0: where are you now, Mark Morrison? Oh man, you should get really him on the good. podcast.
1: He probably's not doing much. You <laughs> think he's available? Nah. Um... Yeah, he's probably too busy returning Max, know, <laughs> Max or something, but um, boy, that, that one's got me rattled. I can't lie. That's really good because that's a good song. Who doesn't like that song? I know, right? But uh, I don't know if I can top that. All I can say is, um, boy, 90s one-hit wonder, 80s one-hit wonders are more fun. 90s one-hit wonders, I like. I need a list here. Let me do this right now.
0: Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I can't. I, I couldn't even think of a second one. Actually, that's. I, I think I took the only one. Uh, Mambo number five. No, that wasn't that, in the '90s, though, was it? Uh, I guess 99.
1: it was. oh gross. Uh, geez. boy, you know, I don't know. The '90s were kind of not great when it came to one-hit wonders. Uh, jeez. You know what? Yeah. Billy Ray Cyrus, achy, breaky heart. Let's just go with that. There you go. Achy, breaky heart. <laughs> that's, that's my answer. I think that works. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up. the Robert, thank you for the yeah, email. Yeah, Robert, it thanks for me. stumping me. I'm going to be thinking about this for like the next week. Like, Why can't I remember any one hit wonders from the 90s right now? Yeah, you should
0: go check out Robert's podcast. He's been on our show before. You guys know him. Classic Gaming Podcast. Good stuff over there. I think I'm do a guest spot soon. I haven't been asked, but it's because he was playing Final Fantasies there for a while and then he put me to sleep talking for a <laughs> yes. while about Final Fantasy.
1: Too much too much Kingdom Hearts ranting, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but yeah, I think it's going to wrap us up. 2005 uh, was a year. We found it, uh, that a year it that was it a full
1: year. Mm-hmm. It, it certainly did.
0: Went the whole time, didn't it? Well, I think that's going to wrap us up. So, uh thanks everyone. Please head over if you will if you want more podcasts from uh Myself or our crew of uh, podcasting misfits, head on over to polymedianetwork.com. We got Tales of the Lesser Medium. We've got Polykill. We got Point and Drink Adventure, Indie Quest, Uncle Doug's DVD Bin. We got Goosebumps, and probably more. I don't know if this list is complete. Uh, Please send an email to the show if you'd like to reach out to us. We'll get around to it eventually. You know, I think Robert sent that email sometime back in October of 2019. So we're catching up. (laughs) <laughs> uh, you can do that at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail dot com, and I also want to shout out. Now we have a subreddit. If you want to, uh, uh, you know, see our episodes, post there, and uh, that's a good way to interact with us directly. It's kind of like if you think about it, like YouTube comments are to our to our videos. Oh, yeah, uh, we're trying we're trying to make the subreddit more of a, a, an interactive way to comment yeah. on our work there.
1: Yeah, if you don't want to, if you don't want to send us an email, go to the subreddit. We should just change this right now. If you're not interested yeah, in ahead. sending us an email, no big deal. Just go to our subreddit. And then give, there's no ratings or reviews there. We don't care about that. But if you want to go do that on a podcast app of your choice, that'll help us out big time. That's right. Nah.
0: And by the way, that Reddit, you're going to you're gonna go to r slash polymedia. That's how you're going to find it. That's how you're going to find it. And you can find us on
1: social media. I'm on Twitter at TraffPlaysGames. You can find Alex at Snestrunk. And the track you hear right now, composed by our friend Coolor, is called Electric Starbounce, and you can find a link to more of his music on the buzz uh, Podcast pe- pod, buzz, Podcast page. Shout out to Je- Shout out to Josh Leslie for our mm. thirst-quenching logo, damn it. <laughs> Be sure to catch us on YouTube. And thanks for listening. Alright, and we hope you have a great rest of your day. Cheers! Cheers! <laughs>